I am excited to be with you this morning as we uh, continue our study through the Gospel of Luke. We are in Luke chapter 5 this morning. And, um, you know, just in worshiping God and all gathered together in this place that God has entrusted to us. And we could set aside time with our families and with our brothers and sisters to, to come here to worship our God, to praise Him, uh, to learn, to draw closer to Him, and to be ministered to. You know, this morning as we do get into His Word, we will be ministered to if you are open to receive whatever it is that the Lord has for you. And so it's for that reason, as I've stated before, that I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to, to go through God's Word and see what He has for us this morning. The title of this morning's message is Called to be Fishers of Men. Called to be fishers of men. So let's begin by reading Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for from now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Oh, Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for this morning and for, we, for what we are about to Study, Lord, your word. I pray that you would glorify yourself. Lord, that we would acknowledge your very presence here. That we, as Peter did, would acknowledge our utter bankruptcy before you, our holy and righteous God. Lord, that we would be mindful more of you than we are of us. That we would... Lord, surrender our lives completely, completely to you, desiring to hear from you, Lord, that there would be a wonderful work that is accomplished. So therefore, may we be attentive to your word. May we be filled with your spirit. May we truly be excited about what you have to say to us, Lord, this morning. Lord, that it may not come by man, at least not the word of man, but that your word would penetrate our hearts 
and do its effective work. And so, Father, we commit this time into your hands, Lord. We ask your blessing, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we read, uh, we see the description of the crowds that were gathering around Jesus. And by this, we understand that his popularity has, had increased to the point to where he really couldn't go anywhere without gathering a crowd around him. And so many, at this point, it was described that, that they were pressing in on him. In other words, there were so many around him that were wanting to listen to him, and they were drawing close to him, that, that they, were, they were touching him. They couldn't help it. And this was on the beach. They had a couple boats out in the water, having just come in from having fished all night. There were many in this moment that heard Jesus teach. But there was only one man that fell at his knees. This morning, we will learn of an event that took place on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. With the multitude listening to Jesus teach, as Peter, James, and John cleaned their fishing nets, also catching a word here and there, I would imagine, or perhaps multitasking and listening in wholeheartedly, as Jesus taught from Peter's boat. After Jesus was finished teaching, he gave Peter further instructions, leading to a miracle that humbled Peter before Jesus. And as he did that, he called Peter and the other men, that is James and John, to follow him. Telling them that from here on out that they would be catchers of men. Fishers of men. Up to this point, Jesus had already taught and performed miracles in Capernaum. And throughout the area around the Sea of Galilee, we know that he went to Nazareth and proclaimed in their hearing, saying that, as he read out of Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, according to Luke 4, 21. Up to this point, we ought to acknowledge also that Jesus has already cast out multiple demons, healed numerous amounts of people, even healing Peter's mother-in-law. He has taught throughout Judea, and he is now back on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, continuing to teach and calling on Peter, James, and John to be fishers of men. Peter was going to learn something profound on this specific day. Something that would serve him for the rest of his life. If Peter but trusts Jesus enough to go into the shallow water when called upon to do so, then he will be ready to act when Jesus tells him to launch into the deep and let down his nets for a catch. Something that perhaps will stick in our own minds and hearts. That as we are faithful for the little things, to the little things that the Lord calls upon us to do. In other words, go into the shallows. Perhaps we'll be reminded of this very moment when Peter, in doing so, was next called on to cast out into the deep and let down his nets for a catch. 
In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Matthew twenty five twenty three says, His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And in Matthew six thirty three. Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You see, what we have this morning is a student by the name of Peter. He is learning to trust Jesus as Lord. He hasn't fully gotten it. But this will be pivotal in his walk with the Lord. Because he is learning to trust in Jesus He is acknowledging him as Lord, as we read here, in all matters that pertain to life. And as he does, he is learning how to follow Jesus with the entirety of his life, with his whole life, being fully devoted to him, to serve as a whole offering to the Lord, to be used as a vessel that leads people to salvation and eternal life as God wills. But first, he must go into the shallow, obediently following what the Lord has asked him to do. Again, let's go back to verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Again, we know Jesus at this moment, even having been at, at Peter's mother-in-law's house, there were people after the Sabbath who were gathering around Jesus. They wanted him to heal them. They also wanted to hear him teach the word of God. They had never heard a man teach God's word with such authority, an authority that came from, of course, himself. And so the people gathered around him. The crowds were thick. There were so many people around him waiting to hear him teach the word of God that they were pressing in on him from every side. And he found it difficult to teach them effectively from within that crowd. I'm sure that at that point, if you would have began to teach, it would have been muffled, right? So many people coming around him. On this occasion... He was at the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats. Their crews had come in from a whole night of fishing on the sea. And at this point, they weren't in their boats. They were actually on land, and they were taking care of all of their tackle, and they were taking care of their nets, and they were washing their nets. And they had to do this in order to protect them from dry rot, from from being destroyed being left to the elements and whatever is in that lake. And so that's what they were doing. They were taking care of their gear for the next time they would go out to fish. These men, as we consider them, Peter, James, and John, and the others, we know there were two boats. These men were not soft. These men were were tough fishermen. You needed to be tough and disciplined to be out in the element, you needed to be disciplined because when a night like this came along and you 
caught no fish whatsoever. Who's been fishing? Anyone? You know, you have to have a lot of patience, don't you? Because there are some times that you go out, and it seems like, uh, you know, someone's down there just putting the, the fish on your hook. And other times you think, there's absolutely no fish in here. I'm convinced there's nothing out here, right? You got to be patient. You got to be skilled also in knowing how to catch the fish. But on this occasion, of course, these men came back and they struck out. They had nothing. But they didn't give up. What they were doing is they were preparing for the next time they went out. They had to be disciplined. Jesus, at this moment, as he saw the crowd pressing in on him, and he saw these two empty boats, he got into Simon Peter's boat and asked him to launch it out into the shallow water. His motive for that is he wanted to teach. And that was perfect for him to teach from. The the boat out in the water, the acoustics, if you speak from the water, the the. The sound bouncing off of the water is just perfect to receive on the other side. I don't know if you've ever done that. Um, uh, there's a Jenks Lake, which is pretty, pretty small. You, you can talk to each other from one side of that lake to the other without yelling. And you can hear each other and, and you can understand exactly what's being spoken. You know, this is something that the Lord knew. It's not something that he found out about. It's something that he knew. And so he went out to the water on Peter's boat and he taught from there. An interesting pulpit, isn't it? But Jesus would use whatever he had before him to teach from and proclaim truth to people. You know, J. Vernon McGee said, quote, every pulpit is a fishing boat, a place to give out the word of God and attempt to catch fish. Close quote. And so it was from Peter's boat that Jesus taught the multitudes. They were all gathered on the seashore. Now keep in mind that when Jesus had asked Peter to launch into the shallow water, that he was busy washing the nets. He was tired. He was tending to his gear. And yet Jesus asked him to launch into the shallow. Jesus at this moment didn't apologize for calling on Peter in the middle of his work. He knew that Peter was tired, that he had toiled all night fishing and caught absolutely nothing. But he knew that Peter could do both. In fact, it's at these times that we are tested. It's not when we're feeling really good, when everything is perfect. But it's when we're tired. It's when we've maybe been confronted with something that is a failure. It's in those times that the Lord will call upon us, reminding us of something, and then calls on us to follow through obediently. And so he simply asks. He does not apologize. He simply asks. Please launch the boat out into the shallow water that I may teach from there. Peter didn't know it, but Jesus was teaching him how to trust in him. A man who is willing to do the small things God calls him to do will soon learn that God desires 
to do more and knows that God is able to do anything. Especially when we're weak. Especially when we don't have anything to offer. This man will trust in God, not himself. This man will trust in God to do the work. This man will learn to have faith in the Lord and be willing time and time again. Start with the small things. Go into the shallows. But next he tells them to go into the deep. Verse 4 says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. At this moment, they're done. You can imagine we're taking care of all of their fishing gear. Jesus is done teaching. And now Jesus was telling Peter to put out into the deep. And when you put out into the deep, let your nets down for a catch. He didn't say, perhaps you might catch something. He said, let let your nets down for a catch. Jesus spoke, and therefore it was. This is interesting, though, for several reasons. First of all, Peter, James, and John, they had just washed all their gear. (laughs) These were fishermen. They had just gone through all the trouble of taking care of all of their gear. And now Jesus was telling Peter, launch out. Do it again. Who are the experts here? Was it the carpenter or was it the fisherman? Because Peter, James, and John, they were all the experts in fishing. Jesus was a carpenter by trade. What did he know about fishing? What does he know about what you do? He's a carpenter. What does he know about what, what each and every one of you has spent so much time studying and now do as a profession? Does he know more than a doctor, psychologist? Does he know whatever it is? You fill in the blank. Because they could have said that, right? Peter, James, and John. Oh, Lord, we have much to learn from you, but this we know more than you do. Besides, Peter, James, and John were tired. They're absolutely tired. Anybody not experience tiredness? For everyone that works, you ever get up in the morning tired? Yeah, maybe tired of work. I don't know. But you ever get up tired? Do you still go to work? You still go to work. Even when we're tired. Even when it seems like the Lord asks us or commands us to do something that we really don't feel like doing. Rest assured that He knows more than you and He is worthy to be followed. For it's through our obedience that we demonstrate our love for Him. 
Also, these fishermen, they knew that daytime is not the best time to catch fish with a net. They had, that's why they fished all night. <laughs> they didn't fish during the day uh, because it's not very fruitful during the day. Uh, at night, but they didn't explain this to the Lord either. You see, again, what we ought to note is that Peter was in the process of learning to trust in Jesus. Also, as we see here, who is in command of the boat? Peter had relinquished his authority to his own boat. What? Have you ever done that? I remember for, for me having a Navy background, and I remember at a young age, and I've told you this before, I was taught that when I came onto the dive boat, and I was the one that was to be the supervisor for all of the operations taking place on that day, no matter what your rank was, when the person who is given that place and that responsibility, the first thing that I was to say when I came around, before even gathering all the men around me, I would have to say, this is Petty Officer Montano, and I have the side. That's it, period. From that point on, I took full responsibility for everything that took place on that boat. From all the gear, the preparing of everything, the safety of everyone that was involved in the evolution, everything. I did not have the luxury of relinquishing my responsibilities and giving them to anyone else. I was fully responsible for all of the team from start to finish. And so I know what it means to have that place, that responsibility on a boat. And I know the captain of a boat will not relinquish his responsibility to anyone else. I don't know if you've ever been on on a small boat going anywhere, but the captain has full authority. Well, again, Peter was learning, learning to trust in Jesus He did something that was very rare. He relinquished his authority. He gave it over to Jesus. And Jesus was now in command of Peter's boat and directing him to do what he wanted done. In fact, the word that Peter used to refer to Jesus as master is only used here in the Gospel of Luke. This word in the original Greek means chief commander, magistrate, governor, leader. In other words, he has full authority. And when he referred to him as master, he gave up everything to him in that moment. Peter did. Peter, even in the short time that he had known Jesus, had such respect for him. As we were reminded by Chris... To give over to the Lord in our own lives. Peter, in the short time that he had known Jesus, had a deep respect for him that he did what Jesus told him to do in that moment. He entrusted him with everything. You see, the key to expressing faith is what Peter said. In spite of the fact that he was tired, in spite of the fact that he had worked all night, And woe is me, I haven't caught anything. Do you not know? In spite of all of that, he said, but at your word, 
I will let down the nets. If we would just learn to respond like that to the Lord. But at your word. All of these things I can bring up. I've toiled all night. I've tired. I, I, you don't know what I've gone through. Leave all that behind and just simply get to this statement. But at your word, I will. But at your word, I will. You are Lord. You see, Peter was willing to go into the shallow. And because of that, he was therefore in a position to go into the deep when Jesus called him to do so. And now when Jesus tells him to do so, Peter does. He listened to Jesus' word and obeyed his command. Jesus had asked them the first time to launch into the shallows, but the second time, if you will see the language that's used here, he didn't ask him, he told him. At this point, he had already been obedient to launch into the shallow. Now as he was there, Jesus told him to launch into the deep and to let the nets down for a catch. And he did. You know, Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And in 1 John 5, 3, it says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So again, we are all in the process of learning to trust Jesus a little more each day. Peter was no different in this moment as he was learning to trust in Jesus and understand that his commandments are not burdensome. So he launched into the shallows and he launches into the deep. Verse 6 says, And when they had done this, They enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Now this was a catch of a lifetime, wasn't it? Wow. Peter's obedience to to, and, and faith in Jesus proved to be fruitful. That is quite encouraging. When you simply walk by faith and you do something that perhaps you've never done before in trusting Jesus, and then it it proves to be very fruitful, it's absolutely encouraging and it builds your faith. In John chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In all of Peter's experience and knowledge of fishing, he didn't produce anything. Especially that evening, right? It was never a guarantee that he would be successful in catching fish. And he knew it. To abide is to simply trust in. To draw from. To remain in communion and fellowship. 
Peter may have done this not expecting to catch anything. He simply had a reverence for the Lord. He just simply trusted Jesus so much that he, again, turned over all authority and did exactly as he told him to do. And now, he realized the result of doing so. Have you ever done something that just absolutely surprises you at the, uh, uh, when, when, you, when you experience the outcome? Jesus tells him to launch into the deep and cast his nets for a catch. And at this point, he catches so many fish that the nets are breaking from the weight of the fish. So Peter, in his wisdom and in the moment, his humility signaled for the other boat, please come alongside, we need your help. It wasn't an exaggeration this time, probably the only time in a man's history that he was saying, we got the big one. That You'll get that later. He wasn't. He was. He had a big catch. Filled both boats with fish as the other one came alongside. You know, this is a picture of many of us. We can work and work and work. We can do so for a long time without any results. But then we surrender to follow Jesus as lead and see some amazing results in our own life as we abide in Christ, as we abide in Christ. We, it, it, it's not, not by our power, it's not by our might, it's by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In fact, the, the fruit that is produced has nothing to do with your effort. You know that we, we can be obedient, that's just a response to God's love for us. But as we read In John, we can produce nothing outside of just simply abiding in Christ. As we abide in Christ, we see the fruit of the Spirit begin to come about. Not only did Peter learn to trust in Jesus, but he also knew to trust in his co-laborers to help with the work. Had he not, more than likely... Not only would he have lost the whole catch, but he would have lost his boat if he tried to put all of the fish into his boat. In fact, we see here how that catch was put into both boats, and both boats started taking on water. That's, a, that's an incredible amount of fish that they took in. Again, this is a good lesson for doing God's work as a team, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, as we see in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. The catch was enough to fill both boats, and they were both so heavy that they were taking on water, and so they had to get to shore quickly. Verse 11. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, 
who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Follow Jesus, catch men. You know, Peter falling at Jesus' knees implies that, um, that Jesus was in, in the boat. He was there with them. First of all, he was teaching from the boat. And next he told them to launch into the deep and Jesus went with them. As I said earlier, Peter had witnessed Jesus healing his mother-in-law. Heard Jesus teach. Cast, he's, he has seen him cast out demons, heal the multitudes. But for whatever reason... This particular miracle caused him to fall to his uh, fall on his face before Jesus, the Lord. At this moment, he thought he had completely surrendered authority over to Jesus. But that paled in comparison to what he just did. Sometimes we think that perhaps we've surrendered it all to the Lord. Oh, Lord, I give you everything. My family, my marriage, my work, everything I give over to you. And yet we ourselves have fallen short of acknowledging for who he really is and worshiping him, being completely devoted and committed to him. That's Peter. If you fall before Jesus, he will lift you up and carry you wherever he sends you. It was in this moment that Peter acknowledged who Jesus was and fear struck him. He immediately acknowledged himself in this moment. Knowing that he had in this moment witnessed a miracle for him of epic proportions. He knew Jesus had authority over the demons He knew that Jesus had authority over sickness. And now just the elements and the fish themselves, the creatures of the sea. Peter knew this was absolutely impossible. He could only attribute it to the Lord. He was in awe. Peter realized that he was nothing before Jesus. Jesus was righteous, and he was not. Psalm 3.3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. James 4.10, the New King James Version, says, Humble yourselves in the, night, in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. 1 Peter 5.6 Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Peter was not humbling himself before God, having in mind, oh, he'll exalt me or he'll lift me up in due time. We don't do that for that purpose, but we know that he is faithful and he's true to his word. But he will not lift us up if we do not first lower ourselves and humble ourselves 
Our, our posture needs to be one of complete submission to the Lord. And as we do, He will be the one that lifts us up. Now Jesus, in this moment, as He did this, as He fell before the Lord, He told Jesus, or Jesus told Him, He said, do not be afraid. In other words, Jesus, in this moment, was telling Peter, stop. Our Lord, Jesus, he was receiving this praise from Peter, and yet in this moment, he was telling him, stop. Not stop praising him, not stop worshiping him, but stop being fearful in the way that you are. The reverence remains, but Peter was learning that Jesus operated with his children in a state of love that uplifts, not a fear that pulls down and causes people to cower with a feeling of condemnation. If you have a sense of condemnation, then you're not understanding conviction. The conviction of God leads to repentance, which leads to life. It's understanding as the kindness of God draws us unto Him. That His grace overwhelms us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Truly, that is wonderful. That is truly amazing. He is a holy and righteous God and yet He's willing to forgive us once again. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Period. This is not condemnation. But this is a godly conviction that Jesus wanted to teach Peter to have a reverence for him, to honor him. 2 Peter 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Jesus was calling out to them. Jesus was calling out to Peter specifically. Upon reaching shore, considering all that they had experienced, not only did Peter leave everything behind and follow Jesus, but so did James and John. They left all behind. Can you imagine? This is the catch of a lifetime. Let us enjoy this, right? Let us take this to market. They simply left all behind. They saw Jesus for who he was. And they followed him. He was was worth more than all of their catches combined. Everything that they had was worth leaving behind for the sake of following Jesus. You see, to follow Jesus meant to be led as Jesus' disciples. To trust Jesus, to learn from him, to walk with him, to understand how to abide in him. And as they do, they will be used to catch men, to be fishers of men, and teach them how to also be followers of Jesus and obey all that he commands simply because he is worthy of their praise. He is faithful, he is God. 
He's gracious. He has forgiven them. And he will soon go to the cross, pay for all of their sins and yours. Uh, Now, as we consider this, this event and all that took place, again, I draw you back to what I said at the very beginning. The multitudes heard Jesus. Remember that there were so many that they were pressing in on him. They wanted to just hear the teaching. They wanted to see him perform miracles, perhaps cast out another demon. I don't know what you're here for. I hope it's to hear from the Lord. To expect him to minister to you. And perhaps you have thought that up to this point, you had relinquished everything over to him. And yet, maybe like Peter, you realize that you haven't. And maybe this morning you will realize that he desires to be Lord of all, for he is trustworthy, he is faithful. That it's worth following him because it means that you've placed your complete trust in him for your life and for all eternity. Jesus is calling on you to trust in him, to believe that he is the son of God, that he is faithful, that he has paid for your sins in full, and therefore he is worthy to relinquish all to him, that in so doing you may find life, and not only, only will you know it eternally, but you will know it abundantly. Having that peace that surpasses all understanding. You see, Jesus is calling still today people to believe in him for salvation and to follow him as Lord and to lead, lead others to him to know the very same thing that perhaps you've come to know. Why? Because. Jesus Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Again, Peter was learning this. Perhaps you know this already. But there's a work that maybe he accomplished this morning in your own heart that helps you to surrender a little bit more and trust in him. And maybe something that you heard this morning. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, then may today be the day of salvation. May you completely repent of your sin and believe on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That when you confess the Lord is, or Jesus as Lord, believing that He has gone to the cross to pay for your sins in full, that he was buried and after three days rose from the grave, that you will know that your sins have been completely forgiven and you will know salvation and you will begin to learn what it means to walk with him as Lord of your life. One day we will see him in all of his glory, whether you surrender your life to him or not. He will either be judge or Lord. You choose. 
It will either be heaven or hell. You choose. I pray and my hope is that you will surrender your life to Jesus Christ because the offer of grace is an indescribable gift of salvation that is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. May you surrender your life to Christ. And for those who need to commit their lives to Christ, that much more, just as Peter did in this moment. And he doesn't come to the fullness of knowledge of Jesus at this moment. But perhaps we need to do that very thing. I pray that you would do that this morning as well. Father, I thank you for your word. And I pray that your spirit would move. Oh Lord, that you would do the work in the hearts of people here. Lord, that we would not just be hearers. Lord, listening from afar, taking a a few things here and there, Lord, but we would listen to you attentively. Knowing that you speak truth, Lord, your word is truth. Lord, that our very salvation comes from you. And I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins and, Lord, that you would be the lifter of our heads. Lord, that the conviction perhaps that we are discerning right now, Lord, you desire that it would lead us to repentance. Lord, it's not for condemnation, for you desire that none perish, but that all reach repentance. And so, Father, I pray that that would be the response right now knowing that you are just waiting for that. Lord, it's your kindness that draws us unto you. So let us consider that. Your love is eternal. And Father, your your love is righteous and holy. And it is truly wonderful to know your forgiveness in your grace personally. May it be as we, known as we surrender our lives completely to you. And so, Father, thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name.